story uh, last night in the state of Michigan, won by uh, Hanley. Donald Trump, no surprise there. Joe Biden winning the Democratic side of things. No surprise there, but there was a bit of a number there that caught my eye. Those who are uncommitted got about 13% of the vote. Always good to have him on and dissect. His name is uh, Dr. David Birdsell. Does a great job, Provost King University. And uh, we welcome him back uh, from Spain. I'm jealous. Barcelona is on my bucket list, my friend. So give me a sense of things before we get rolling here. How was it? Good morning, Jay. Great to be here. And it was super great to be in Barcelona. I just have wonderful things to say about that city. Absolutely stupendous food, outstanding architecture, uh, really wonderful place to be. Make sure to uh, scratch that off of your bucket list as soon as you can. Great place to be. Man, I'll tell you, uh, that is a place I've had in my mind for a long time to this, see this Spain. I've never been there, uh, and I'm going to have to get there one day. Um, let's get into... Uh, a couple of things. Let's talk about Michigan last night. As mentioned, uh, David, no surprise there on either front. 13% uncommitted, though, is a bit of an eye-opener there. And maybe we are seeing a bit of a pattern, especially from the last state into last night into Michigan. Give me a sense of what you're seeing here. Well, there were pretty clear patterns in that uncommitted vote. And just to be clear, what that is, is people who are voting not for another candidate, but for a ballot line that actually says uncommitted. Yeah. This year, uh, that really reads more as a genuine pro- protest vote than it has in other years when a preferred candidate in the multi-party, uh, multi-candidate primary uh, might not be running in Michigan because of the perceived strength of someone else. So uncommitted might have said, well, I'm actually for John Edwards in 2004, not contesting that state or some other candidate. But here, there was no other candidate. It was just Joe Biden. Uh, and so this is legitimately read as a protest against primarily in this case, uh, policies on Israel and Gaza. Um, Where we saw the biggest numbers uh, were in the uh, Muslim-majority cities of Dearborn and Hamtramck, Uh, and there you had solid majorities of the voters choosing uncommitted. Uh, A really eye-popping turnout for, for a community that has traditionally been strongly supportive of incumbent Democrats. Perhaps more concerning for Joe Biden, I'll get into the reason why in just a moment, Uh, but more concerning is that in Ann Arbor, 19% of the vote went to uncommitted. Um, And that's one of the nation's largest uh, and most densely populated college towns, uh, over 100,000 college students in the city. Uh, So you have a uh, very clear indication of his potential vulnerability among that population. And unlike the Muslim vote, uh, which, you know, Michigan has the largest Muslim population as a percentage of all Michiganders uh, in the country, Um, but... There, it's just not that big a factor uh, at some level. There are 3% of the electorate and much smaller fractions uh, in other other states in the nation. But college towns all throughout uh, the United States, and particularly in the swing states of Pennsylvania, potentially North Carolina, uh, all around the country, that could be a huge impact. And remember, even when we're talking about the 3% of Muslim votes in a swing state like Michigan, that could be significant at in the college students and the Biden campaign has real cause to worry about the GE. There's no doubt. And he's faced organized resistance. As you mentioned, the Muslim American population over there, uh, Arab population as well, uh, huge in uh, Dearborn. 
uh, Michigan. Um, and it's really over the handling of Israel's war in Gaza. And you've got a lot of protests and everything else, thus the uncommitted line, as you mentioned, on the ballot there. And the president has indicated that, you know, listen, you know, there are sources that say he's not happy with Netanyahu and everything else. He would like to see some sort of a halt, a ceasefire, uh, something, and the indications are by Monday. He's confident. I don't see it, David. Uh, I heard Netanyahu yesterday. I mean, they're going to carry on as business as usual here uh, in the fight. Uh, I, I, do you, do you get a sense that there is uh, an agreement that'll be uh, in play here by the weekend, or no? Absolutely not. Uh, surprises could happen, and I hope they do. But it's been very, very clear, not only since October seventh, but throughout uh, Benjamin Netanyahu's leadership of Israel, uh, and he is the longest serving uh, across a couple of distinct terms. Prime Minister of the history of uh, of that country, uh, that he has never really been in favor of a two state solution. He's either rolled back or slow walked every single initiative, uh, international, collectivist, bilateral, otherwise. Uh, and it's very clear that he has absolutely no intention of following up on any of the multilateral programs that have been suggested by the United States and other allies as a way to deal with Gaza going forward. He wants it to be uh, a wholly controlled Israeli territory. Uh, and he has done more individually, and I'm speaking, you know, as, as, as someone committed to the state of Israel to separate Israel from, um, from its American supporters than any other person in the history of that country. Uh, and this is manifesting this political problems for Joe Biden right now, uh, but it's ultimately going to be an existential threat to the Israeli state uh, if you cannot any longer, and this is not the case right now, but this is the trend line that we're looking at, confidently predict the continuing vigorous support of American political leadership in the public based upon policies that are inimical to uh, goals that the United States has sought with the willing and active and happy cooperation of Israeli leadership under every administration except Bibi Netanyahu's. Yep, no doubt. David Birdsell with us. Then the other side, you know, you look at Trump winning, what, 68%. Uh, I look at Haley, though, getting 27% of the vote, uh, uh, David. Uh, and the question is... Does one look at that as a sizable group of Republicans uh, as maybe a signal of opposition uh, to Donald Trump going forward? And thus, Nikki Haley still sees a little bit of juice in her tank here uh, as far as moving on to Super Tuesday next week. But in essence, is that a sign, if you are in the Trump camp, that, you know what, you cannot take your foot off the pedal here. Give me a sense. Well, it's absolutely an indication that there is a substantial segment of the party, somewhere between 25 and 33 percent, not happy with the presumptive nominee uh, and expressing protest in the first primary states. However, that protest in terms of size has dwindled steadily from New Hampshire to South Carolina to last night in Michigan. 
Uh, Nikki Haley, uh, campaigning in Colorado yesterday, said that she's going to stick in through Super Tuesday. Uh, but others who are clearly opposed to Donald Trump and have been funding quite lavishly Nikki Haley's campaign, I'm thinking predominantly the Koch brothers. Uh, there, there's only one brother now, but we still think of them that way. Uh, uh, they pulled their financial support from the Haley campaign, not seeing a pathway forward. It's very clear that barring a major earthquake in the form of a felony indictment, we don't have any trials underway. We soon will, uh, which could produce that result. We're, of course, months away at least from the end of any of those trials. Uh, so so the, the, the change that Nikki Haley would need to see in order to resuscitate any hopes of actually becoming the nominee uh, will not happen during the primary season, or at least during the portion of the primary season uh, that has a majority of the delegates awarded. So this is still an annoyance for Donald Trump. Uh, he has said so publicly. He has asked her to get out of the race so that he can begin targeting exclusively the Biden campaign. It's also a, a, a sort of reminding, a constant reminder that many of his uh, claims to dominance of having a complete block on the party. In terms of the outcome, that's absolutely true. But in terms of the percentage of the electorate, there are still those dissatisfied Republicans out there. Uh, so those are huge vulnerabilities for him. We see more echoes of that discomfort among independent voters, most of them, of course, given the primary structure in most states, unable to vote. They could in New Hampshire. Uh, they were not able to last night. Uh, but that is has got to be a concern for the Trump campaign strategists as they think not about the Republican primary, but about the general election. Yeah, that's really what it's about. No question. Barring uh, anything catastrophic, uh, he will be the uh, the the uh, the man at the finish line, uh, without question. Um, Dave Birdsell with us, breaking it down. You know, immigration has been a hot topic, as we know. the The death of the uh, nursing student out of Georgia on a jog last week, David, just uh, sent ripples and ripples of uh, intensity uh, throughout this land. Um, the president and Trump are set to go to the border tomorrow. I believe it's tomorrow. Uh, Biden is expected to meet with Border Patrol agents uh, down in Brownsville, Texas. Uh, Trump is going to give some remarks. I think it's an Eagle Pass, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, did receive the endorsement of Governor Abbott down there. Um, we know it has been a tug of war. And everything else, but Joe Biden obviously is trying to appease here. Uh, he knows the numbers and everything else. He knows this is the top topic of conversation and what will be on voters' minds come November the 5th without question. Only to be accentuated even more so, David, last, uh, last week on a brutal murder of an individual who was here illegally. Uh, and I get a sense that Joe Biden right now is really at desperate measures trying to solidify something here uh, to turn it around. We know there's a bipartisan deal on the table um, that it will not go through without question. It won't go through. But he is trying to capture some sort of activity down there. Absolutely. And he, along with... Uh the presumptive Republican nominee are using the border, which has now become one of the uh, nation's most 
uh, often used political backdrops for statements of various sorts. I think the, the, the questions for the Biden campaign uh, at this stage, and, and to a certain extent for the Trump campaign as well, it's very clear where he stands and what to do, uh, were he to become president again. Uh, but there was that bipartisan deal that you mentioned. Uh, it had overwhelming support in the Senate. Uh, it got a large number of Republican votes as well as Democratic votes. Uh, it has been championed by the president. It gives uh, the GOP majority uh, in the House most, not all, of what it wanted. 